Hello, and welcome to Zig When They Zag, a podcast for business leaders obsessed with growth. When you're trying to charm someone, do you spend all your time talking about yourself or showing the other person you're a caring, empathetic person by listening and responding to your date? I love that analogy. And in marketing, when you're trying to attract your customer, your marketing should be about them and not about you. Please take a moment and listen to my co-host, Kevin Ring, explain how companies can understand their value so their marketing improves in an episode that we recorded back in May 2020 for our web series. Enjoy. Hey, Jessica. How are you? Hey, good to see you again. Good to see you too. What are we doing here? Oh, Kevin. Well, today... Um, we're continuing our series on talking about keeping a growth mindset, even in kind of weird crisis slowdown times. And we covered a lot of topics about leadership previously. And now I think we should talk about thriving despite the crisis. How do you kind of position your company strongly so that you can continue to grow and, and come out the other end uh, with a great plan in place? And we always start with kind of creating customer, creating a strong positioning statement for uh, for clients that really talks about the value they deliver to their customers. Yeah. And I'll just tell you, from my experience, most of our clients, because they're expert service providers, they're service companies that they're really good at the thing that they do. And they talk, they always come into meetings and say, I know exactly what we need to be saying to our clients. We're just not saying it loud enough. These are the things that we're really, really good at. Yeah. And we always come back and say, I don't know if you really understand how you help your customers. <laughs> we don't. So I want to talk to you about, about that and uh, tell us a little bit about why we would do it from a customer-centric perspective on this value proposition. For Yeah, I really, I really appreciate this topic because, you know, as, as everybody I think listening knows, we're in really strange times and <laughs> the economy is closed down for a lot of people. Uh, and we know that this is a real chance for leaders to be productive uh, so that when the economy cycles through and, and starts to grow again, they're going to be well positioned to uh, really leapfrog their competition. Mm -hmm. Um and I really appreciate that you you said the phrase growth minded because I think that's a key differentiator for the clients that we work with uh, at Hot Dog Marketing. It's really companies that are at that point where they understand that what it is that they do is is needed. It's beginning to be recognized in the market that their growth uh, is accelerating. Mm -hmm. um, but we always get into these initial conversations, and it's always a lot of fun because they come in and say. Well, yeah, we're great at this. And uh, I always like to say the reason why we start with customers is the same reason why if you were dating, yeah, the advice is not to talk about yourself all the time. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's the easiest way for me to explain it is that ultimately, whoever you're dating is interested in you but wants to feel interested in, and that dynamic's really similar in marketing. Yeah. So it's key for us that when we start talking about what we do in marketing, and I think particularly in, in these times, what leaders should be focusing on, mm -hmm. we always use the word value. We don't yeah. talk about marketing your services. We don't mar talk about marketing your company. We market your value. Mm -hmm. 
And the reason for that is the same reason why uh, dating works, because you find a customer who is impacted by you and, and values what you do for them. Mm-hmm. That is part of every business transaction that you have, but a lot of business owners don't really think about it that way. Yeah. And I think if every one of our clients marketed themselves uh, the way they think they should, then every single one of our clients would be marketing how much experience they have, how happy their customers are, and how good they are at the thing they do, which is not really a differentiator at all. So Um. really figure out how to differentiate yourself. You have to understand why you're getting hired in the first place, but from the customer's point of view. Yeah. Correct. So how do we do that? Great question. (laughs) Um, So what we do is we focus on two parts of value delivery uh, Mm -hmm. because for us, we have found that companies that are going to accelerate growth focus on two halves of the equation. And we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll say what those are and then we'll probably talk about one and come back and finish up the conversation. Uh, in a later episode. But uh, the two pieces are they need to have a competitive advantage, Mm -hmm. right? Something that they stand out, that that their competitors can't replicate. Mm -hmm. Um, And providing a service is not a competitive Mm -mm. advantage. Mm -mm. It's what you do. Mm -hmm. The second piece is, is what we call demand control. It's the the fact that there is a, a value that is perceived by your customers and understood by your customers that then you can tap into mm-hmm. through your marketing and through your sales so that you are basically turning up the flow on customer inquiries coming in. Because once you understand mm-hmm. and I've identified what it is that, that customers value out of you and why they think that you're the best that there is, to then engage them through marketing and to align that with how they interact with your company coming in the door really gives you the, the, the real engine that's going to drive the growth in this next phase. I want to I point out that I think companies are in a good position right now mm-hmm. because everything is slowed down and yet everything is sped up. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to, to, in my opinion, that we really use the it's time to understand what it is that that our, our customers value. And, and the reason being is because our customers' lives has changed too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And to the point about that demand control piece, I think a lot of the clients we work with, they've been successful because they do have a sales process in place, right? Or they yeah. might even have sales teams and they've been successful feeding thousands and thousands of dollars into that sales process and hiring salespeople. And I don't think they realize how hard they're working at sales when they don't have to, if the marketing was properly aligned with all of that, the customers would come in better educated. The customers would come in ready to buy. Sometimes they're already primed for the conversation as opposed to starting cold like they have been. Right. Well, yeah. the nice the nice thing is is if you understand this and you build it into a marketing system, mm-hmm. the customers come in pre-qualified. Yeah. And so you cut down your effort by 60-70% because you're not having the perpetual conversations that don't go anywhere. Yeah. And so for me, when companies see this and they get it, uh, it's really neat to see it implemented. 
because it really does make everyone's jobs just so much better. That's right. Um, but it's really based on this foundation that the customer doesn't think about you at all. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah that's right. And, and honestly, if you don't believe me, uh, go read the Wikipedia page for Tylenol. And then next time you have a headache, go read the Wikipedia page for Tylenol and see if you're influenced in any way to take Tylenol, Tylenol over anything else. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, I've seen uh, and heard company leaders talk about um, marketing qualified leads really seems like a a mysterious thing that doesn't happen to them, right? They only have sales qualified leads coming in. So I guess let's start with that first point about, about understanding that value from the customer yeah. perspective. Crack into that a little bit for us. So competitive advantage is, is real simple when you break it down and real complex when you really try and understand how it plays out. Mm-hmm. What is your company going to be the best at? And what do you really enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. If you find the intersection of those things, then that's where you start because you are naturally going to do what you're good at well, and that's going to start your advantage, right? Mm-hmm. If it takes, and so I talked to a lot of businesses, they're like, we, we think we're going to start this. I'm like, that's yeah. great. Have you ever done it before? No. Yeah. Has anyone ever done it in the past? No. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. I'm not saying you can't do it, but it's going to be an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Um, So the great thing about service companies who know what they do and know what they do well, like you're right. That's exactly what you're good at. Focus on that. So once you've identified what that is, the key then is to get out of your own head, get Mm -hmm. out of your building and really look at it from the perspective of your customer. Mm -hmm. So uh, so for example, mm-hmm. I lead our, uh, business development and client management mm-hmm. divisions. And one of the things that we always talk about is our job is to, you know, basically feed a, a sales funnel, right? Because mm-hmm. we need to continually fuel new work, things like that. But the value that we create is because we can help our customers see a better future. Mm-hmm. And those are, are not mutually exclusive things, but I would never say, hey, go to a client and tell them how many calls you've had today, how well you, you know, articulated our value proposition, how you know, effective you were in this meeting. Like, that's not the thing. Mm-hmm. The client has a problem. And most of the time they don't know they have the problem and they don't really understand understand the extent of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so you, you need to say, okay, if I'm an engineer, Mm -hmm. my primary customer is this industry, this type of organization, Mm -hmm. and they have this problem. This is the outcome that, that I create for them. Mm -hmm. And that's the foundation is you understand what, uh, before working with you looks like and what after working with you looks like. I've heard you say to clients too, when they're, when you're trying to explain to them why we do customer centric discovery before we do marketing strategy, I've heard you say you need, and we need as your marketing team, clear understanding of where your customer is. So you can paint that picture of a brighter future for them because they're all trying to get somewhere past the 
pain or whatever the trigger is that causes them to start searching for services. Yeah, I really, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you can't paint that picture without understanding what the problem is. And it's usually not as simple as you think it is. Yeah, I really appreciate that you said that because I think it's more important in these times that you understand um, as leaders, we can't lead anywhere to somewhere that they've never imagined before. Mm -hmm. And that's what ultimately you're doing through marketing, through sales, is you're helping your customer imagine a better future Mm -hmm. so that they want to trust you to get them there. Um, And I think particularly in these these times, while it's important, is because everybody is stressed out. Right. And so if you come at them and say, hey, you're stressed out, Mm -hmm. we have this great offering. Yeah. It's going to come across as tone deaf. Mm-hmm. But if you come across and say, hey, we care about what you're doing. I imagine that you're experiencing this. Mm-hmm. We've worked with companies before in similar situations and helped them. Is that something that would be helpful right now? It starts a great conversation and it, it helps them really to be able to see that there's hope, that there's a plan and a path. To, to alleviate whatever that pain is. Yeah. Well, and I started while you're talking about that. I was just thinking about how lucky we are as an agency that we don't just have project management. We have account management. Yeah. And account management means that there's actually people who can have those conversations at the company level with our clients. Cause I think we've learned a lot about what they're going through right now because yeah. we have that level of communication with our clients. And so, um, I was thinking just one piece of advice for clients that may not be set up that way who are service providers, but maybe they don't have a robust account management team is maybe the leaders have to step in and have those conversations with their customers, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. I I, I love that because we're actually in conversation with a couple organizations that have acknowledged that. And it's, it's for me, I'm like, I'm excited to train you and involve you in that, but at the same time, I'm I'm a little nervous because it it's like the movie Hitch. You can only coach people to date so far um, <laughs> before they get in their own way. <laughs> yeah, before they get in their own way. But all of that being said, um, I I think this is a great opportunity, and like one of the things that we talked about is is leaders have the opportunity through networking, through just engaging mm-hmm. to, to start the conversation to say, Hey, what do you need? Like, how can we help? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the, the, the key thing that I want to communicate in this time is, is, or in this episode is I want people to view this time as, uh, the opportunity to understand forced by this slowdown to really understand where their value comes from in their business. Mm -hmm. Because what this time has shown us is that you can't control what is happening. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that really um, withstands some of the randomest disruptions to our economy is, is going to be the strength of a client relationship that's built on a foundation of value and trust. And so for us, that's really... Uh, both the goal in everything that we do, yeah. Uh, but also in our experience, what, like we mentioned at the beginning, this is what's going to drive growth. Yeah. 
I think it reminds me a little bit of, and thinking about how things might change, one common thing that we, one common analogy we use often when we're kind of explaining the, the purchasing journey a customer goes through and how we have to unwind each stage when we're doing discovery, we always say a customer has a job they're trying to complete at each stage. Yep. And that job really has very little to do with your company, <laughs> right? It's something very personal to them that they're trying to do. And the analogy I've used before, which I've heard other people use is, it's assuming that someone who goes to the hardware store to buy a hammer and nails is there because they went to the garage and didn't have a hammer and nails, right? I've always wanted to own a hammer and nails. Yeah, it's just time to go buy one. That's so rarely why anybody buys tools, right? Because they have a uh, job they're trying to complete. To, to be fair. <laughs> Do people go hammer shopping sometimes just to buy new hammers? Yes. I mean, it, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say hammers, but there is that aspect of walking around the tools, uh, you know, the Home Depot that I think is very similar to walking around the mall for some other people. Oh, I gotcha. I see what but, you're saying. <laughs> to be fair, that's not ultimately the value yeah. that the hammer is selling. That's right. Um, that's oh, right. That Most... would be, could you imagine like a lifestyle brand hammer campaign? <laughs> I just don't think it would work. <laughs> But it would be, it would go viral so fast. It would yeah. be amazing. It would be an interesting way to show how things can go wrong too. This is the hammer that your lifestyle deserves. Right. Hammer by Dior. <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic yeah. now. But I was thinking, you know, we use that analogy a lot, right? Because common reasons why people buy hammer and nails could be anything from hanging a picture to small home projects or yeah. whatever. Um, but in a time like this, when things change so dramatically for such a large population of people, what you assume the job is that they're trying to complete and why they're purchasing that service or tool has really changed. And yeah. you have to go back and figure that out. Otherwise, you're going to keep marketing the same way when, uh, when something's changed with your customer that maybe you don't understand or realize. Yeah. And I think the other, another dynamic at play here is, is that change may not be to the value that you deliver, right? They still mm -hmm. need that hammer and nail, but what they're doing uh, up and down the value chain for them, like mm -hmm. how they're producing their own value, since a lot of our clients are B2B, mm -hmm. uh, is going to change. And so I think of, you know, one example um, that just came to mind is, as you were saying that, is... Uh, there's a, you know, for example, companies that are serving government services right now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, government services aimed at consumers. Well, mm -hmm. the government still needs their suppliers. They still have the contracts and the resources because budgets mm -hmm. have been spent. I mean, set. However, you, if you really understand your customer and the value that you deliver and how that value then translates into their value system, uh, you would recognize that the turn in economy is going to affect a lot of consumers. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's going to be things like cancellations of utilities and um, parks departments aren't necessarily being able to right. uh, stay open and have the same maintenance. And so it really is important that you, you don't just stop in saying, oh, my customers are people who need to hang pictures. Yeah. So I'm going to sell this kind of, of hammer, but to really understand and have, have your finger on the pulse of 
what it is that they are care, mm-hmm. caring about in terms of how they deliver value into their markets. Yeah. Because if you can start to do that, and, and the way that we do that is, is through what we call customer development. It's, it's a discovery process where um, we familiarize ourselves with your industry. We, we brainstorm with you to uh, kind of identify what, what you think it is, and then we validate that through mm-hmm. various research methods so that you come away with a, a rock solid understanding of this is who my customer is and this is what they think. Um, if you can get to that level, mm-hmm. then not only are you ready to implement a, a marketing system that is designed to engage them along the whole process, mm-hmm. but in times like these, you're able to quickly adapt mm-hmm. to say, oh, you can't use my widget because you're limited in this way. Well, let me take a step, you know, upstream or downstream for you and and solve that problem. Yeah. And like we talked about in the last episode, in terms of your brand equity, mm-hmm. that level of insight shows a level of, of, of care and valuing towards your customers that really reinforces brand equity like nothing else. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if... One of the funniest things for me coming out of this was someone quipped, oh, great. I've always wondered how my cable provider is responding to (laughs) COVID-19. That's right. But at the same time, my coffee delivery service made sure that I was comfortable with the way that they were dropping off coffee because they knew that that was going to be disrupted. And, and so that level of insight to their value delivery system and, and the specific things that are important to me really just drove home the fact that I'm like, man, they, they really, really want me to get the value that, that enjoying really good coffee creates for me. I know that's a very simple example, but I think it's such a powerful thing. I, I feel like we have to call yeah. it out. Well, I think uh, what we need to talk about in the next episode is identifying that ideal customer because I think uh, some of our clients think that their customers are everyone and that makes it very difficult to pinpoint value if your customer is everyone. And then maybe in that episode, we'll unpack a little bit how bougie it is that you have coffee delivered to you. (laughs) I think we need need a whole other series on how bougie I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I definitely agree. The next episode is, is you know, has to be called Your Ideal Customer is Not Just the One Who Pays. That's right. I think that's great. All right. So until then, <laughs> thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Jessica. And thank you, avid listeners. Stay safe. <laughs> stay strong. Stay focused on customer value. <laughs> and stay home. And stay home. <laughs> Love it. Customer value, what is it? <laughs> I think that's if you what you don't find out, you can't sell shit. You know how at the end of, uh, have you ever heard at the end of podcasts where they just put bloopers right at the end of the show? Yeah. Or like This American Life, Ira Glass always has some sort of funny quip at the end. Yeah. I think, I think we just found our first one. <laughs> what are you saying? I've never made a mistake in my life. <laughs> Thanks for listening.
Check us out on our website at hotdogmarketing.net slash zigzag. You'll find more information and you can watch the video series there. You can tweet me anytime at Jessica underscore markets. Rate us and find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again.